Thank you for tuning into Making It in the South Sound, the Chamber's podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Andrea Ray, President and CEO of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. I'm excited to be here today with Monique Valenzuela. You may know Monique as the Executive Director and CEO of the Tacoma Youth Marine Foundation. But prior to taking the reins of the Youth Marine Foundation, she was the owner and operator of the Adriatic Grill, a fabulous restaurant that you all might remember. And she has had years of experience in restaurant management, not just work, but also teaching. She's even been honored by the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation. She's had her own podcast. She's been on many boards, was chairwoman of the Public Utility Board. She's an advisor, a mentor, and a teacher to small businesses. And she has been a good friend of the Chambers, a Chamber member for how many years now, Monique? Oh my goodness, probably 26, 27 years at least. Fantastic. And a current member of the Chambers Board of Directors. Of course, you are a very busy person, so we're so grateful that you took the time to be here with us today. Welcome. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And welcome to Tacoma. You picked the best place to come, Andrea. We're so lucky to have you. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's such a phenomenal community. I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, And I'm also just really excited to learn more about the Tacoma Youth Marine Foundation. Um, You know, what is it? It's history. If you could talk to us a little bit more about it, dive dive a little deeper. Absolutely. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah, pun intended. (laughs) We have to add submarines now. So imagine the east side of the Fost Waterway, you know, the working waterfront and the tide flats. That's where our nonprofit is. So I'm really, really glad to be um, heading up and spearheading the Youth Marine Foundation. We are an educational entity. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. And what we do is we operate the Tacoma Youth Marine Center. It's a two-acre campus that um, has dock space, classrooms, a small fleet of 24-plus vessels, as well as access to the Sea Scouts Subchapter T licensed vessels. Our mission is to get youth on the water. You know, 95% of the youth in Tacoma Public Schools don't have access and have never been on the waters that we grow up looking at. And unless you come from either a recreational boating family, which can be very expensive to have as a hobby, or someone in the marine or maritime industry, you really don't know that the Salish Sea belongs to all of us. You know, it really is an access point. But more than that, the waters and the Port of Tacoma have launched hundreds of thousands of people into international waters. So we want to get youth on the water. We want them to know what the opportunities are, but also we want to teach them empathy to respect the health of our bays and the health of our waters. And if you don't have lived experience or connectivity to it, you really don't have that. Now I have to tell you a story. When I first found out about this institution, um, they were hiring for an executive director. And I said, Youth Marine Foundation, 
you know, like you said, I've been in Tacoma for years and years and years. Um, the only thing that changes is my hair color, but you know, I'm pretty much the same person since you know the early '90s, late '80s. Um, and I found out about this organization when they had an opening for the executive director. So as I was meeting with one of my uh, mentees and talking about it, I actually got a little bit upset. And I remember saying, "Wait a minute! I've raised six kids in this city, four sons and two daughters in Tacoma Public Schools. I never knew this existed." Um, when I was really blessed with the opportunity of leading it, I said, I have one mission in mind, all the Moniques out there, all the moms that aren't voting people are gonna learn about the opportunities for their kids. So that's what we do. We get kids on the water. We do it through a lot of platforms, um, partnerships with Metro Parks, Tacoma Public Schools, and what we do is really not only teach marine science, but also maritime skills. So you'll see us in the waters of Commencement Bay four or five times a month doing actual marine science training and water testing and just like the experiments at UWT right up the road except for these are ninth graders. That's amazing. Such amazing important work. How can other chamber members and community members help be involved or help support you in this work? That's an excellent question. So you know a large portion of our participants do go into the maritime industry. You know that's what they love but more than that we teach skills like leadership, character development, conflict resolution. I mean, if you can't talk to your navigator because you know you got a beef with them or you got in a fight in second period, the boat is not getting underway. So we teach these teenagers the very important you know skill of you've got to have conflict resolution or have a goal and learn how to communicate through those things. Um, so that being said, we have a lot of young people that need leadership access. They need internships or they want entry-level jobs. Not everyone has a baccalaureate pathway. So I have kids at 18, 19 graduating high school that have three or four years in skilled trades. They're learning changing oil. They're learning how to sand drives in the back of a boat. So, you know, for chamber members, I think it would be to support us both with opportunities at their jobs and then also just access to youth. A lot of our chamber members are all throughout the county, not just in Tacoma proper. So I have kids as far away, you know, as Olympia that come to our programs, Auburn. So my biggest ask of our fellow chamber members is help me spread the word about programs. And we start at 13. So starting at 13 years old, I just want kids to have access to these programs for sure. It's fantastic. It's so important to think about what we can can do as other, you know, business leaders um, to help support and encourage that work. Um, what about advice for for youth and and young leaders? You know, coming up, you know, in the in the South Sound. You know, what advice um, do you have for them? You know, I'm really glad you asked that. I had something um, last week. We had an intern, so we host two high school interns. The way we fund our nonprofit, you know, most nonprofits are funded by the annual fundraiser. Everyone goes and gets chicken dinner and they the raise their paddle. Yeah, the mm-hmm. gala, right? I'm sure you've done that. Yeah. I know also, you know, with your family, especially your support of the arts and culture, Absolutely. you're deep into that. The biggest thing that I think our founders did that was really amazing was they founded the foundation, but they also purchased two for-profit businesses. So while we're on a two-acre campus right on the Tide Flats, the nonprofit owns and operates two for-profit businesses, which are also chamber members, um, the Tacoma Fuel Dock as well as Commencement Bay Marine Services. So we have a small boat repair business with 10 employees, including a yard foreman, a marine mechanics, and we you know, we perform services on boats, including tribal boats, first responder boats, smaller boats, 60 feet and less. Um, and then we have a fuel dock, so we sell fuel to uh, both recreational boaters and first responders in industry. Through those businesses, we're able to offer two high school internships in the repair shop. 
in the yard. These are kids that say, you know, I get really bored sitting in third period in the classroom all day. So they come to our shop and third period, they're actually working with a repair team for an hour and a half. They're learning how to be safe industry on the water what we do with copper bottom paints, how we lift out boats. They're learning all of those things um, in real time and they're getting high school credit for it because they're learning, they're reporting on it, they're having to do a lot of work. So last week, one of our interns had his final wrap up and we asked him, what was your favorite thing about what you did? He said, I love that every day was different. You know, we're gonna be one day bottom paint, the next day we're pulling up boats, the third day we're doing these things. And he said, I really, it wasn't like work, it was really amazing. So in talking about his post high school plans, um, he said, well, I think, you know, I have a couple of offers. And one of the offers he mentioned was in laboratory work. Mm-hmm. The yard foreman looked at him and said, Rinto, one of the biggest things you're going to learn about interning is what you love. Mm-hmm. What you're not going to learn when you get in the workplace is what you don't love. And you're going to get a job or apply for a college scholarship. And now you're indebted and you're in a place where you're like, this isn't working for me. One of the things you said you loved was something new every day. But you're looking at an opportunity in which you're going to sit in the laboratory and you're going to be doing the same thing repetitively for eight hours. And you saw this kid's light bulb go off like, Mm -hmm. I never thought about that. He said, so although you love the science work, you also have to allow yourself the ability to make a list of these are the things that I love, but these are things that are not a fit for me. Sitting in an office, not having windows, not having, I mean, little things like that make a difference as the kids um, go their next pathway. So... My advice for a lot of people in the South Sound the last two years has been, we take a lot of mentoring and say, this is what I'm good at, this is what I love, what I wanna do, but we don't allow our mentees to say, this didn't work for me, this wasn't a fit, or I didn't love, I don't wanna say love it, because I think that's kind of overused, but Mm -hmm. I think you can really determine environments in which you work well, environments in which you wanna push yourself to do best, and whether that's the structure of your office, whether it's the scheduling. There's some kids I have, they are night owls, Andrea. Right. I mean, you have kids. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. They're not going to bed before, you know, 11 o'clock. And I think that, again, when we were talking about creating successful programs for kids, it's about building in that time, as you said, for that self-discovery, yeah. right? Not just discovering what they like, but also what they what they don't like, really learning themselves and being true to that yep. to be able to find that that day-to-day, right? Because well that, that day-to-day is so important when they're they're thinking about what that future career path is. So that's yeah. really well said. And that's really where I hope members can do more of those internships. You kind of grow up and think, I want to be a star chef. So I taught at Clover Park Technical mm-hmm. College. Um, I learned uh, it was not for me. Um, love the college. Love the president, Dr. Loveday. But being a teacher is really like a special sainthood. I mean, I love um, the mentorship. I love more of the business aspect of it. It was really a different mix for me being in higher education. You have to have a lot of other wraparound talents that, you know, probably weren't the gift that I was given. Um, So I really hold a special place for educators. They are the saints of our day and time. Um, But looking at that, I remember having students that say, you know, I want to be on the Food Network and I want to do this and that. I'm like, that's not for you. My biggest strength, I think, that I really still am proud of was being able to look at culinary arts as a big umbrella, Mm -hmm. but then really kind of pushing kids down the pathway that would fit their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. their time, whether they had kids or not, what they had to do. Hey, working for a vendor um, in Walla Walla, you're a cowboy. Guess what? You can go work for the Walla Walla uh, Lamb Company. Did you ever think about that? Absolutely not, Miss Monique. Here's a great opportunity. I would send them on these internships. I really think if more of our members gave those high school students the chance, they're either going to say, I want to be a physical therapist, or they're going to say, nope, 
I don't have the empathy to like see these patients day to day. It breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, disassociate myself. Those are the little things I think that as a society and business owners and business executive leaders, giving young people and not just high school students, college students, mm-hmm. it's a big aha what their perception is of the job and what it really is. <laughs> right. Well, and the expectations that we have for our young people too, right? When we're asking kids at 14 to like, tell me what you want to do with the rest of your life, right? You know, like you said, you know, that hasn't been my career path. You know, my career path has, you know, it's more of a, of a jungle gym, right? You know, that's it's not, one. it's not a ladder, yeah. right? And, and I think that that's so important for us to, as, as business leaders, as business owners, to create that space mm-hmm. for, for exploration with, with our youth. And that's, how we will help them be more successful and how our businesses will be more successful too as we're able to attract and retain you know new new talent and, and train new talent uh, one thing that I am really curious to hear about <laughs> um, I hear you have uh, three P's of membership based organizations <laughs> and I would just love to know what your three P's are okay my three P's of membership participation so you know being a chamber a long time chamber member huge supporter Um, I hear a lot, you know, well, I'm not a member. I didn't see the value of it. You know, that's like me paying for the why every week and not losing weight. You really have to put some into it. And so um, when I talked about the three P's of chamber membership, it really was about the member as well as it was the organization. You know, so the first thing I would say was perception. What is the member's perception of what a membership-based organization is? And I'm going to talk specifically about the chamber, but this could be a restaurant association. You know, if you're in refuse and recycling, every industry has an association. Mm -hmm. So first P to me is perception. What is the perception that you think you're going to get? I think that that's a big aha moment for both sides of the relationship, whether it is the onboarding staff member as well as the business, because it really helps to say, well, here's actually where those lie. I think that the perception sometimes in business, I'm going to join the chamber, I'm going to go to a wine happy hour, I'm going to have lots of business. That's like me, you know, going to the Y once and expecting the weight to shut off. So that perception piece is huge. Um, The second is participation. There are a lot of events at the chamber or a restaurant association, like I said, or a hospitality association. Or the PTA. Or the PTA. Or, you know, yeah, alumni, Mm -hmm. any membership association. Mm -hmm. I think participation has to be really key and really focused. So when you say, what is my perception of what I want to get out of it? We don't ask the staff member, this is what my goal is. You tell me, like, what do you think would be the best bang for my buck? Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, we're busy. A lot of our smaller and independent-owned businesses don't have the time and the bandwidth. So they think, if I can't do it all, I'm not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's a shame. That really is a shame. We have a hard time sometimes asking for that help. So like you said, even in the PTA, this is what I want to do. I'm not good at arts and crafts, but I can call or email. Right. you people don't realize that there's a whole like phone tree and if you're at home watching you know um what is it uh what was that island show i don't want to say out loud because people judge me but um, there's a couple shows i like to watch you could sit there and watch your tv while you're decompressing and send off emails and that's a huge weight off of the pta president's back or even you know i love allison and david they gave me a little to-do list because i know i'm very social i'm like okay i'll get it done so you know the participation is really really huge and the third piece kind of two p's you know pay to play Mm-hmm. You got to pay to play. And I think that a lot of times people think pay to play is just dollars. It's not. Pay to play can be, in my restaurant, when I had the restaurant, one of the biggest things I did were 
I don't want to say necessarily in kind, but if there were awards, I'd say, hey, Andrea, you have this award coming up. You're going to be nominating people, and there are going to be five people. What if I gave each winner a four-person lunch with a bottle of champagne to my restaurant? Mm -hmm. I knew as a small business owner, my margins were very thin. It was very hard for me to do a big sponsorship for $5,000. But what could I do within my business model that made sense and also brought people to my business? The same thing with schools. Um, Soda and Sammy, School of the Arts, Science and Math Institute, has a huge fundraiser every year. That's how they help fund a lot of their gap they don't get with the school district. Mm-hmm. I could not do a $10,000 you know, um, sponsorship, but I said, I'll tell you what I can do. I can work with a vendor. I can buy five cases of wine at cost, and I will donate those to you. Mm-hmm. So pay to play. I want business owners to open up their minds about what are things that the chamber would have to expend money on that I can provide because it's my business. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, um, and like I said, professional services may be different. That's not my bailiwick. But those three Ps really make you think about that membership and think about your participation and be purposeful with it because if not, then what happens in six months is, oh, I'm not going to become a member of the association because I didn't get anything out of it. I would turn it around and say, let's all look in the mirror ourselves. You know, what did we do to get what we needed? Fantastic. I really appreciate that, Monique. And, you know, certainly that perspective of giving back and being a leader in our community for 26 years. So thank you so much. Any last words or or parting words of advice (laughs) as as we wrap up you know um the pandemic has done a lot of things but you know what it did there's no normal anymore so i would say the best thing it has done is bring us together i want to remind everyone there's no you there's no i there's just we um i'm a gal who started at stanley's up the hill and never thought i'd own a business i don't have a college degree and now i'm here just doing great things and i'm proud because the city gave me the opportunity so Anything is possible. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks again. And that does it for this episode of Making It in the South Sound. Thank you so much for joining us. Episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, tacomachamber.org. Look for the link on the homepage and in the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on our website, or better yet, subscribe to them and never miss an episode. We again want to thank our sponsors. Their generous commitment makes this series possible. Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Thank you, and watch for future episodes coming soon.